Uh, let's get into the Word this morning. Amen? Uh, let's turn our Bibles to Genesis chapter 32. And we're going to just dive in. Genesis chapter 32. And we're going to start in verse 9. And then we're going to read a little bit and then jump over to verse 22. So Genesis 32 verse 9 says, Then Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord who said to me, Return to your country and to your family, and I will dwell well, d- deal well with you. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which you have shown your servant. For I crossed over this Jordan with my staff and now have become two companies. Deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he come and attack me and the mother with the children. For you said, I will surely treat you well and make your descendants as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. And I'm jump over to verse 22. It says, And he arose that night and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven sons, and crossed over the fort of Jabok. He took them, sent them over the brook, and sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip and the socket of his hip, of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, for the day breaks. And he, but he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Just as he crossed over, the sun rose on him, and he limped on his hip. Therefore, to this day, the children of Israel do not eat the muscle that shrank, which is on the hip socket, because, of, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip and the muscle that shrank. Come on, what, a, what, a, what an interesting passage of Scripture. And, and in order to understand everything that's taking place here with Jacob, we really need to rewind a bit and go back to, to Genesis 25 and take a look at the many tra- chapters leading up to this one here in Genesis 32. Jacob is a twin. Um, his brother is named Esau, as we read here in the Scripture. Uh, their mother is Rebecca, and their father is Isaac. And at the time when Jacob and Esau were in the womb of Rebecca, the Bible talks about there was a lot of wrestling and struggling going on and talking to Joe a lot lately about, um, about baby Antonella and her belly. Man, it's like that girl is wrestling inside there. But these, these two boys, these twins, were inside the womb. They were wrestling. And even at that time, there were some things spoken over their lives as they were in the womb. And as, as they fast forward and, and some, some things that were spoken over Jacob and over Esau when they were just in the belly of their mother, they grow up, they're born, they grow up. And uh, we discover later on that Rebecca and Jacob do some scheming, some deceiving, and trick the, their father Isaac into giving Jacob the blessing that rightfully belonged to the eldest son, Esau. So through some trickery, through some scheming, working some angles, lying, Jacob is the one that receives the birthright blessing. Now, back in that time in ancient days, the 
the words from a father when he's on his deathbed were considered to be like they were held to like a legal contract. And so anyone that was to go against those words that a father spoke on his deathbed would have been a curse. They would have been, you know, shunned for going against those words because it was like it was a legal contract. You hold to that. Whatever that father said on the deathbed, that's it. And so what took place by Jacob tricking his father and him getting that blessing, it it gives us some understanding why Esau is so upset. So in this passage, Jacob is afraid of Esau. And the reason why he's afraid is because when, when Esau discovered what Jacob and Rebekah had done, he was furious. He was angry. He was upset. And the last things he said was, I am going to kill him. I'm going to kill Jacob. And so then we understand that, that um, Jacob then takes off, and he flees, and he gets away, and he goes and spends some time with Laban. And Pastor Ben talked about this two weeks ago, uh, where Jacob is with Laban, and he, you know, he, he discovers Rachel, and he says, man, I, I will work seven years for Rachel. And he works and works and works, and it was hilarious when Pastor Ben was telling story. I'm not even going to try to. But um, uh, he wakes up the next morning, and he's got Leah. And he's like, what's going on? This isn't what I worked hard for. Come on. And so through that circumstance, you can read it. Um, he works another seven years and says, okay, I'm going to work another seven years because that's the one I want. I want Rachel. And so he works another seven years. Then we see in Scripture that through some of his craftiness and working his schemes and, and uh, you know, just working some angles there, he becomes really, really, really prosperous while he's with Laban, and he's getting a lot of flocks and a lot of things. And, and then he flees from Laban, and, and now he's, he gets this word from the Lord that says, I want you to go home. I want you to go back to the land of your father. I want you to go back to land where your family is. I want you to go back there. So Jacob gets that word and says, okay, I'm going to go back. And so he's heading back, and this is where we pick it up. He's on the way back, and he finds out that Esau is coming to meet him. But Esau's not by himself. He's got 400 men coming with him, okay? Now, if you're Jacob, you're sitting there, and you're remembering the last words of Esau that said, I am going to kill him. It's done. It's over. He's dead. I'm going to kill him. And, and you, you know, Jacob, you hear that he's not by himself, but he's got 400 people coming with him that, you know, the, the stakes, are, it's not looking so good for Jacob. And so here's Esau approaching. Here's Jacob and he, he's in this situation. He is absolutely stuck, and he knows that his brother's coming. But when we look back at Scripture, we see the blessings that were spoken over Jacob's life. And in Genesis 25, when he was just in the womb, it says there in verse 23, one people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. So this is what was spoken. Jacob is the younger. Esau was the older. So this is the word of God being given over their lives. And then in Genesis 28, when Jacob leaves um, his father's house and he's going and on the way to go, go to Laban's, he has this encounter at Bethel, and the Lord speaks to him and says here in Genesis 28, verse 13, I am the God of Abraham, your father, the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth, you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north. Come on, somebody. That sounds pretty good. I don't know about you. To the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, 
I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and you and and will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. This is God's promise to Jacob. I am I am not going to leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. I don't know about you but here Jacob is in this situation. I imagine he's remembering back to the promises of God that he's received, the words that have been spoken over his life. And he's probably sitting there going, what's up? Have you ever been there before? Like, you know, all that you, you can open your Bible. All you, have, you don't need to get a prophetic word. You don't need to have a pastor speak something over. You can just open your Bible, and it's full of promises for us as believers. You, maybe, maybe you're like Jacob, and you can open it up, and you read all these promises that God has for, for us as believers, as Christians. You read it, and you're looking at it, but then you look back at your situation, and it just doesn't add up. What do you mean, God? You, you promised all these things, but I don't see it happening in my life. What's going on? And here Jacob is, and he knows the things that have been spoken. He knows what his destiny is. He knows what the promises of God have been that have been spoken over him. But here he is, you know, between a rock and a hard place, and it, it's not looking good. He's stuck despite all of these things that have been spoken over his life. And so we have to look at this now and figure out what... What had to take place in Jacob's life for him to begin to step into this destiny, to begin to experience the full blessing of God that he had for his life, to experience all of these things that have been spoken over him? What were some of the things that had to take place in Jacob's life? And this is where, men, it gets really, really, really good for you, okay, guys? Because I know, I know that some of the guys here today, when, when we talk about getting with the Lord and spending time with God. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you know, us ladies, we cry when we get in the presence of God. We get emotional sometimes, some of us, not all of us. And, and it's this, you know, intimate moment, um, you know, time praying with the Lord. Go to your prayer closet and have your time with God. But can I tell you what? That was not what was taking place here, okay? It was a wrestling match, it was, come on, Jacob and the Lord, and they were getting down, they were getting dirty, and they were working some stuff out right here. And it was, and so when we think about getting your time with God and having a prayer time with the Lord, man, you can begin to think about this encounter that Jacob had with God. And when you think about going into a time of prayer with the Lord, you can picture this, all right? And picture Jacob and the Lord and this wrestling match that's going on. I don't know about you, but if you've been at this church long enough, I've been married to my husband for almost 15 years now, um, I know that he is not, when he prays, it is not this quiet, subdued, Jesus, prayer time, candles lit, intimate moment with the Lord. It is like war. Um, when my husband, if you ever been in here when we've had pre-service prayer and we're all praying and then he walks in and it's like the volume goes up like five more notches and all of a sudden you're like, yeah, yeah, you know, you say, this is a this is a wrestling match that's taking place here. And so, guys, you can kind of lean forward a little bit, get excited. This is this is for you today. It's not a nacho libre wrestling match that's taking place here. Okay, this isn't some freakish, weird, strange wrestling match that's happening. I have any of you? You know, you don't have to raise your hand. All right, but okay, yeah, that's what I'm talking. Okay, I don't know what that is. All right. Um, that's weird, okay? That's not the wrestling. When I picture this wrestling match between the Lord and Jacob, I picture some MMA, 
UFC, come on, it is on. Everything is being left on that mat. Every ounce of energy, every, every drop of sweat that could possibly be sweat out of their body is on that, that mat. It is, it is on. It is like every single muscle engaged, even their foot muscles, you know, like those little, like their pinky toe, like intense moment, okay? This is an intense wrestling match happening, and that's what we can picture when we picture. And so, you know, get that picture, guys, in your mind when you go into your prayer times of the Lord that, come on, I am I'm in this, and I'm putting everything in this. It, every, every ounce of energy I have in this. So here, here's a wrestling match happening. And, and there's some things that take place here. First thing that happens is it says that it was at night, and at night, Jacob got up, and he decided, I'm going to take my wife, my kids, and all of my belongings, I'm going to take them on the other side of the brook. And it says here that the name of the brook was Jabok, or actually in Hebrew, it's pronounced Yabok, and it means emptying. So that, that word there in Hebrew means emptying. And so in this passage, Jacob is literally emptying himself of all of his possessions, of his wives, his children, everything he's strived for, everything he's worked for, everything that he's schemed for, everything that he's, you know, worked the angles for. He's emptying himself of those and getting them on the other side. I know some of you men, it's Father's Day, you're, this afternoon you're going to empty yourself of your wives and your children and you're going to sit before that TV and watch the NBA finals today, right? Some of you are like, I'm, I'm just watching my watch, and I'm going to empty myself. No, um, but here's Jacob, and at night he says, come on, I'm getting him on the other side. And then we see that Jacob is all alone. He's there, and he's left all alone. He's emptied himself of everything that he's had, everything that he's strived for, everything he's worked for, and there he is all alone. Amazing things happen when we get all alone with God. Think about it. Think about Moses, when he was all alone on the backside of the desert, come on, and, and all of a sudden this bush appears, and, and it's burning, but it's not being consumed, and so Moses is like, hey, I'm going to check that out, and he checks it out, and then the bush begins to talk to him, and God begins to reveal to him what he's calling Moses to do, and then, then I think of another one like Gideon, who's hiding away, threshing wheat in a wine press, and he's there threshing wheat, and as the enemies are out and he's trying to hide from them and, you know, the word of the Lord comes to him and says, hey, mighty man of valor. It's like he's hiding, okay? But yet the word of the Lord comes to him and says, you're a mighty man of valor. And he has this encounter and he begins to discover what God has for him. And amazing things happen when we get alone with God. And so here Jacob is, he's all alone. And it says that a man comes to wrestle with him. I don't know if you noticed it in your Bible, but in my Bible, the man is not lowercase, but it's uppercase, okay? Now, this is actually, this isn't a, a man. This isn't just an angel. This is what theologians call a theophany. This is a manifestation or appearance of the Lord. So this is the Lord that comes to wrestle with Jacob. God comes to wrestle with Jacob. And, and when we look at this word wrestle, the word wrestle in Hebrew means to wrestle, Makes sense, right? Grapple, bedust. It has the force to pound, to make small. Isn't that a pleasant picture? Isn't that a pleasant picture? How many of you want God to come wrestle with you? Dun, 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 you know, you have the MMA wrestling right there. That's God right there. He's coming. And in the picture, to wrestle, to grapple, to bedust, the force to pound, to make small. Now, as we look at Jacob's life before this instance, we see that Jacob had a lot of confidence 
in his own abilities. He had, he had some confidence. He, he, he worked things. He schemed some things. He, him and his mama, they got together and they, they came up with a plan and, and they did this stuff and he, he got the blessing from his father. He's with Laban and, and he works it and I honestly think God allowed him to go. Laban worked him over. Come on. I believe Jacob got a little taste of his own medicine with his time with Laban. Come on. Um, he got a little, little taste of that, his own medicine, but, um, he, he, he worked and he, he did the, worked the angles and he was able to get herds and flocks and all of these possessions. And so I believe Jacob had a little bit of confidence in himself and what he could do and his abilities. And, and I know, uh, I know, you know, me and, and us as humans, we can come to a place sometimes where we get confident in our own abilities, don't we? Where we can be, put our confidence in our education, put our confidence in our training, put our confidence and, you know, um, the, the relationships we have even, we can, we can put our confidence in those things. But here, God, through this wrestling match, is coming at, almost to remind Jacob that you're just dust. The word wrestle, to be dust. He's just reminding him, hey, dude, you are just dust. In the end, you came from the dust, you're going to go back to the dust, you're just dust, Jacob. And any ability and, and power that you have, it came from me. And, and in this wrestling match, he's discovering that, man, I'm not all that. And because through the circumstance that Jacob is in, Jacob obtained a blessing from his father, though it didn't come the right way. Jacob obtained blessings from Laban and lots of possessions and lots of herds, and he gained all of these things. But in the end, as he's traveling back, going where he's supposed to go, back to the land of his father, there was, there, he came upon a circumstance that he could not prevail in. Here we see in this passage in Genesis 32 that Jacob tried to appease Esau. He sent, the the scripture tells that he sent 230 milk camels, 200 female goats, 20 male goats, 200 ewes. I mean, this guy had a lot of stuff. He He had the money. He had the family. He had all the stuff. But even having all of that, he was not able to, to, to work out this circumstance. And so in this wrestling match, it's like God coming to him, reminding him, hey, Jacob, you've done all you can. And when you realize that you've done all you can in, in your own strength and in your own power, I'm reminding you today that, that I am greater than you are, that I have the ability to prevail against you. That I, that, and he's reminding him, Jacob, you're just dust. And there is going to come a time when every single one of us in this room is going to face a situation that is too big for us. It's just too big for us. When the, when the doctor's report comes back and says that there's cancer, I, it's too big for me. When, 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 you know, when, when you're, you've done all you can in your marriage, but the, it's just, it's just not working out. It's too big for me. There's, I've done all I can. There's going to be a, a point in our lives where we come to a place where all of our training, all of our strength, all of our education, all of our abilities, we put it all in. And in the end, there are just some things that are going to be too big for us, but come on, they're never too big for our God. Amen. Amen. And Jacob is discovering his limitations in this in this moment. But the Bible says, though, that Jacob is still prevailing. Jacob is prevailing. And, and so the Lord says, all right, you're doing pretty good here, man. You know, they're in there, they're wrestling. And he says, okay, I'm just going to teach you a little lesson. And he just, one touch. Can you, one touch. One touch, beep. And it's like over, you know. One touch, you know. And he discovers just how weak he is. Just how not powerful he is in that moment. And, and it's, it's reminding him that you're strong, but you ain't that strong. 
You know, there's still one stronger. There's still one stronger than you. And so he comes to this place, and he's prevailing, but, but with one touch, he realizes that he's still weak, that he's just dust, and man, there's, there's a limitations that I have. And so it says that even after that, even after the Lord touched Jacob's hip, Jacob wouldn't let go. It says he wouldn't let go. And even to the point where God's saying, hey, come on, Jacob, the sun is about to rise. It's about, dawn is about to break. You need to let go. And Jacob's like, no, because somewhere in this, in, through this circumstance, through this wrestling match, he discovers that I'm not just wrestling, just a man. There's something different about this person I'm wrestling. And so I realize I just got to hold on. And so he's just holding on for dear life. He's just holding on at this point. He's not prevailing at this point any longer. He's just holding on. And in this, in this moment, we see Jacob's greatest strength. How many of you know that sometimes in your moment of greatest weakness, in your darkest hour, those are the moments where, where your greatest strength can be revealed and can be uncovered? Some of us never want to experience a dark, dark night. Some of us never want to go through a dark season. Some of us never want to endure pain. But a lot of times it's through that pain that your strength is revealed, that the, the abilities that God has given you to persist and to hold on are uncovered. And in this passage, we see that, that there's some persistence in Jacob. He just doesn't let go. He's just like, I am going to hold on until I get what I came for. And he's realizing in this passage that, man, I, I went after my father for a blessing. I went after, you know, this person for a blessing. I went after this person. And, and he's going after the promises of God and the blessings of God that were spoken over his life, but he's going after the wrong source. He's going after man to bring that blessing about. But in this wrestling match, he's realizing that, man, I've gone after it this way, and I've gone after it that way, and I've gone after this person to get the blessing. But he's realizing through this circumstance that it's God that's going to bring the blessing in my life, that it's through him that the promises that he's spoken over me are going to come to pass. And so Jacob just determines, I'm not going to let go. And too many of us let go before the dawn breaks. Too many of us let go before the morning comes. Too many of us are in that dark hour and we just get up, get, give up at midnight. But man, how many of you know that the Bible says, come on, weeping may endure for the night, but what comes in the morning? Joy comes in the morning. Come on, just hold on. You might be weeping through the entire night, but when that dawn breaks, when the sun rises on you, come on, joy is going to come in the morning. And, and, and here he just realizes, I've got to just hold on because it's the Lord that is going to bring that blessing to pass in my life. Galatians nine is 6 verse 9 says, Let us not grow weary by well-doing, for in due season you shall weep, reap if you do not lose heart. You shall reap if you do not lose heart. Matthew 7 verse 8 talks about ask and you shall receive. But when we look at uh, the, the uh, version such as the New American Standard Version or American Standard Version, it reads it asketh. How many of you asketh? I can't do a, you know, a good like manly gospel voice, but uh, it would sound so much better if I could. But asketh and you shall receive it. Okay, the asketh is if you, if you look at it and you just remember asketh, because it, 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 it just implies not just a one-time asking, 
But asking and asking and asking and asking and asking and asking and asking, a persistent going back over and over and over and over and over again. Jesus tells a parable in in Luke chapter 18 about a, a widow that goes to an unjust judge. And she goes to that judge and then she goes to him again. He doesn't, she goes again and she goes and goes and goes and goes. And it says that the unjust judge decides to just hear her out and give her what she wants just to get rid of her because he's just tired of hearing this woman come over and over again. Jesus is telling us this story because he's saying, how much more will God hear the just who cry out to him day and night and day and night and day and night and just don't give up, that just don't let go. When I think about the wrestling match, I watched the, the UFC fights with my husband. Um, so my mom, um, bless her, she hates it. She hates it when I tell her. And she, that stuff is just so gross, and I just can't believe you watch that. But I, you know, I'm I'm a good wife, and I sit down with my husband. I watch them. Come on, ladies, you need a good wife, and sit down and watch some NBA finals with your husband this afternoon. Give him some chips and salsa. Come on, bring him his Henry Weinhardt's root beer. Okay, okay. Thank you very much. That's the best root beer on earth, I think, honestly. Um, but I watched that, and, and when I was looking for some of these images, you know, I was online, I was looking at wrestling pictures, you know, just, it was, I don't know, I was just having a moment where I just needed to stop thinking, you know, and it, there was this video that popped up, and it said something about this guy prevailing or holding on till the end or whatever, and I was like, oh, cool, you know, I'll check this video out, and these, it's, you, it's some UFC fight, um, I don't know who the guys are, you guys would know, but um, they're fighting, and they're wrestling, and, and it amazes me how just one cut on the forehead and there's like blood head to toe. I, I don't, that's just disgusting. And they keep wrestling. I'm like, isn't that like, it's not sanitary. Somebody's going to get a disease. Like, stop it. But they just keep wrestling despite all the blood that's going all over the mat, all over the people. And they just keep wrestling. They keep grappling and going for it. And I'm watching this fight, and I was like, this is pretty cool. It's pretty interesting. And this guy's getting wrenched, like his arm. This, the other guy's just wrenching his arm and wrenching it. Wrenching. I'm like, just tap. I'm talking to my computer. I'm like, tap out. Will you just tap out? Come on, man. Just tap out. It's okay. You can give up. You can just stop. But the guy wasn't stopping. He was like, I, he was determined. I'm just going to keep holding on. And then all of a sudden you hear this, and I, I'm like, they did not just show that. And I thought it was ridiculous. His arm just literally go, and you just saw it, like the upper arm, and it just broken in half. And it's just disgusting. And his arm's just like flapping there. And the guy just kind of looks and is like, oh. and he's still holding on to the other dude. And he just kind of looks down like, oh, no big deal. <laughs> what is wrong with you people? You're bloody. You got a broken arm, and you're just like, oh, no big deal. You know, they call the fight, of course. But I, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, that is the picture of what God wants us to do. God wants us, despite the pain, think about Jacob, despite the pain that he was enduring in his hip, in, in that moment, he was just set on, I am going to hold on for the promises that God has made to me. I am not going to let go. The Bible says in Numbers 23, 19, that God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. If he said it, He's going to do it. And, 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 man, we need to get like these UFC fighters and get a little bit of 
guts in us, a little bit of boldness in us, a little bit of faith in us, and just hold on and go, God, you said, da 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 and therefore, I'm not going to let go. I can look at my finances, and it just stinks. But I'm not going to let go because God, you said. I don't know about you, but I've been in those moments in my life. My husband and I have been in those moments in our life where we never forget, just at a place years ago, some probably six, seven years ago or something like that, where honestly it was like, just, God, what is going on? Just not happening the things that you've spoken to us, and God, we know you've spoken, and we've got journals filled with things that we feel like God has spoken to us. And I just remember being on my knees in my bedroom and with my head buried in my bed and just being like, God, why? Like, I don't see it. It's not panning out the way I thought it was. And, and God, I just want to give up. I just want to quit. I just want to leave ministry. I just want, it's done. I'm, I'm just done. I, but God, you said all these things. Like, I can't deny what I see in the Bible. I can't deny what I know you've spoken to my heart. But I, I remember that moment of just being like Jacob, just being like so, just, just done, you know? Just so like, oh, why is it not happy? Why am I looking out and my brother with 400 men are still coming? I've done everything I can. I've done everything I know to do. Some of us, we've done the right things. Jacob wasn't doing it the right way. Jacob was deceiving. Jacob was lying, but yet he was getting, how many of you have looked at people like that and you're like, I hate you. (laughs) Can we just be honest? Lord, forgive me. I don't really hate them. Okay. I just don't like, I have to love them, but I don't have to like them. Okay. But how many of you looked at people like that where they're doing all the wrong stuff, but they've got all the blessings, they got the kids, they got the, you know, the wives, they got the possessions, but what you don't know is they don't have the blessing of God. They don't have the blessing of God on their life. Jacob didn't have the blessing of God. He obtained it in this wrestling match with God, and it cost him something. What we got to realize is those people that are fighting in in an unrighteous way, they're burning bridges, they're burning relationships, they're going to go back and they're going to have no friends. But when we wrestle with God for our promises and we get down with the Lord and we say, God, I don't see it, but I'm going to hold on and I'm going to contend, I'm going to keep doing what I know to do right, and I'm going to hold on, what we see is we don't burn through relationships, we don't burn bridges with people. Instead, relationships are restored. Come on, blessings come, come on. Jacob's relationship with his brother was restored. Come on, amen. God wants us just to hold on, to not give up, to not give up. Some of you have been holding on for family member salvations. Some of you have been holding on for for your finances and the picture to turn. Don't let go. Don't let go. God is coming to you today to share this story with Jacob with you to say, don't let go. Come on, the blessing is coming. But it's not going to come through man. It's not going to come through a pastor. It's not going to come through your friend. It's not going to come through your father. It's not going to come from your mother. It's not going to come from your wife. Come on, it's going to come from him and him alone. And as you get down and dirty with God and you fight with him, come on, God is not afraid for you to fight with him. God came to Jacob to fight with Jacob. God came to him. So if God came to Jacob to fight with him, I think it's okay for us to come to God and be like, what's up? I don't get it. I sat through eight weeks of an unstuck series, and I'm still stuck. Come on, God, what's up? You know, get real with the Lord and just contend and just 
hold on. Just hold on. Just hold on. Some of it is just the ability to just hold on longer than others. You're going to get the blessing. You're going to get the blessing. Because here's what happens when you hold on. And when you hold on not to man and strive with man for a blessing, but when you hold on and hold on with the glory. And i got other stuff, but we're going to forget it. But when you hold on with the Lord and you contend and you just hold on to God, this is what happens. Your character changes. Some of us never want to have this night wrestling match with the Lord. Some of us would just rather avoid it and just give up and move on to some, something else. The promises are never going to happen. But if you will endure, endure the night season, right. you will get in there and wrestle with God and strike with the Lord for those blessings and those promises. Come on. God is going to shift yeah. and do a work of character in your life. Jacob confessed to the Lord in that moment. The moment as they were wrestling, God came to Jacob and said, what is your name? Because Jacob is saying, I want the blessing. I'm not letting go until I have the blessing. Yeah. I'm not going to let go until I have the blessing. I'm just going to, the day is breaking, Jacob, let go. I'm not going to let go until I have the blessing. But what had to happen for him to get the blessing? God had to deal with his character. And some of us have been holding on, but we haven't been submitting to allowing God to deal with our character. Right. And, and Jacob comes to a place and he says, yep, yeah, I'm Jacob. I'm Jacob. That's my name. What he's doing in that moment, he's confessing. I am a deceiver. I'm a liar. I'm the one that has laid snares for others. I'm, I, it, and we got it up here. I, I'm the one that, that takes the place of another through force, through scheming, through strategy. That's, that's who I am, God. And in that moment of confessing, Romans 10.10, believe in your heart, confess to the Lord. In that moment of confessing, God says, all right, there we go. God's waiting us to surrender and just say, yeah, this is who I am, God. This is who who I am. Admit my sin. Admit my failures. Admit my limitations. Admit who I am. And in that that confession that God says, "Ah, okay, there we go, right there. Here's your blessing, Jacob. I'm going to change your character. You're no longer going to be Jacob, but you're going to be Israel, which means God prevails. You're Israel. God prevails. The blessing that Jacob thought he was looking for, that he worked for all those years to get the the, the houses and to get the the flocks and to get the family and to get the children, that wasn't the real blessing that he needed. The blessing he needed was a change of character. A change of character. And in that change of character, something amazing took place. That, That relationship was restored. And something incredible took place, not just in Jacob's life, but in his family's life. He was fearful for his wives, fearful for his children. His family was spared. Come on, men. Come on. There's some men in this place that, us as wives, we're looking to you. We want you to wrestle with God. There's some children that are looking to you men and saying, come on, wrestle with God for me, Dad. Because as the men in the church wrestle with the Lord, and man, their character is just, becomes just such a godly character. And there's so many men in this place that you've got a godly character. And as you wrestle with God, the impact that you're going to make through that wrestling match is not going to just be for you, but it's going to be for the many generations that are going to follow after you. And so we honor you and we ask you, come on, will you wrestle for us? Amen. Will you wrestle for us? 
That wrestling match wasn't just for Jacob. Right. It was for the generations that were going to follow him. Right. Let's, let's bow our heads and, and pray this morning. God, we thank you so much for, for your word. We thank you so much for the encouragement that we see in scripture this morning to, to, to come before you. I've been taking hold of the promises that I see in Scripture. And I've been um, holding on to some promises that God's given to me personally. Maybe you do have journals that are filled, that, that have things that you know God's spoken to you, but you're not seeing them come to pass. And maybe you're here today and you say, I've been, I've been wrestling with the wrong person. Maybe you're here today and you realize, I've been wrestling with my wife for the marriage that I thought God was going to give us. But it, we, have, we, don't, we don't have that today. Maybe you're here today and you've been wrestling with a boss for that promotion that you thought that the Lord had for you, that you're believing for, that, that, that increase that you're, you're desiring, and you're, you're just fed up with your boss. Maybe you've been wrestling with, with some other friends or people in your life to get that blessing, but today you realize, you know what, I just need to bring it back to the promise giver. Because the one that promises it is the one that's going to bring the promise to pass. And I need to wrestle with God this morning. Maybe you're here today and you would say, um, I'm like Jacob and I don't necessarily have a relationship with God. The Bible says before this chapter that God was referred to as the God of Abraham and Isaac. I am the Lord your God, the, the God of your father Abraham, the God of your father Isaac. God didn't appear to uh, Jacob and say, I am the Lord, your God. Even when Jacob prayed and cried out to God in the middle of the circumstance he was in, he cried out to the God of my father. The God of my father. Through this wrestling match, God became the God of Jacob. He grabbed hold of God for himself. And maybe you're here today and you would say, you know, I haven't grabbed hold of God for myself. I haven't made him the Lord my God. He's been the God of my husband. He's been the God of my mom. He's been the God of my fill in the blank. But today I need to make him the Lord my God. Oh. And maybe